former NFL cornerback and ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan is live on Cofield and Company now. Back here on a Friday, ESPN Las Vegas. Let's get into our uh, weekly spot with Mark McMillan, one of our football insiders, former Eagle, nearly 10 years in the National Football League. And, Mark, I have seen a lot of pro football games. I'm not going to say I've never seen it, but that, I'm, I'm still in shock a day later from what the Rams did to the Raiders with that comeback and and Baker Mayfield doing it. That was incredible. Yeah, I've, I've never seen a game like that, uh, especially with a guy that's just got off the, the plane, what, 48 hours ago. Uh, you know, everybody knows McVay is one of the most complex offenses to run and be able to pick that up on the fly. Um, you know, I know a lot of people always question Baker Mayfield's uh, ability. Uh, his, his passion for the game has never been questioned, but what they did last night was unbelievable. It gets a red hot, I would say not say red hot, but a really good Raider team that's been winning three games in a row. And you think like, okay, there's no Aaron Donald. There's no, you know, there's no Stafford. Uh, there's no Cooper Cup. You know, everything worked out in, in the Raiders' favor. And they went down there and just pissed the bed. Why did it happen? Um, I, I think they took them lightly. Um, and they, they definitely let them uh, hang around too long. You know, the first half. Uh, they actually got off to a really good start. Normally, you know, Carson threw two two interceptions in the first couple of possessions, but they were able to go down and score a field goal, be up 10, uh, play really good football. And it seemed like in the second half, the offense just, just took their foot off the gas. And, you know, the defense was out there. I know people say, hey, the defense gave up, but, you know, those guys were just playing the, the calls that was played. Uh, the, you know, Frazier was calling some some crazy – Crazy calls in the second half, putting his corners out there on the island, uh, you know, in some really bad positions. Uh, you look at Max Crosby, Chandler Jones has been playing really good of late. So they were getting good pressure, but you can only be on the field so many times, and they just gave them too many chances, like Max Crosby said. Raiders lose horrific fashion. Really sad to see him lose to the Rams with Baker Mayfield. So let's expand upon Baker Mayfield here with Mark McMillan, our football insider. Can you in layman terms, explain how ridiculous it is for a quarterback to join an organization on Tuesday night, play on Thursday night, and appear to have a decent grasp on some of the playbook. Unbelievable. I've never seen it done. Uh, I was talking to Jim Everett, who was a low-time Ram quarterback as well, and he was like, Lil Mac, he's like, I, if people really realize how thick a playbook is, being on short notice, uh, playing on primetime national TV, you get released twice, uh, you know, everything was working, uh, you know, against Baker Mayfield. And then he comes in on on prime time and, and picks this offense up. And at one point, he was actually making checks at the line of scrimmage, checking out, uh, you know, giving his receivers different options, different routes. Uh, you know, that's something that we don't even see here in Vegas with Carr, you know, checking out too much. So for Baker Mayfield to be able to grasp that uh, was unbelievable. You know, I was released, uh, I think, like on a Tuesday from the 49ers. I got to Washington on 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 a Wednesday, uh, but a defensive guy. We just played a lot of man and a lot of zone. So for him to be able to pick up an offense uh, and, and still be able to, uh, at, what was it, ninety eight yards, a game winner? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> ninety eight yards, no timeouts in just under a minute and forty five seconds, which you know also goes on the Raiders' defense because they let a, way too much underneath stuff happen, and then of course. I complain about the underneath stuff, and they get up top for the touchdown as Webb gets beat and Baker Mayfield throws a perfect pass. And that's, you know, it's funny. Mayfield gets killed because of the way he ended in Cleveland. He didn't play well 
yeah. in Carolina, but you watch like the basics of his game. First of all, the velocity on his ball is ridiculous. Some of the the yeah. uh, last drive passes out to the sideline were nuts, and then the the touchdown pass, like he's got great arm talent. And you wonder now, now, now you start to dreams probably the, the wrong word, but you wonder now if the Rams got Mayfield as hey, let's check him out and let's see if we can revitalize this guy, and we might get a you know a bargain here. Yeah, maybe this will work long term, and maybe Matt Stafford ain't coming back. I mean, he's got a serious back injury. Could the quarterback offense guru Sean McVay save Baker Mayfield's career? Well, what we saw last night, you know, they're off to a good start, and like you said, the velocity on this ball has always been there. Uh, the toughness of him has always been there. He made some really good throws with Max Crosby hanging all over him, just that little step up in the pocket, completing balls downfield. Like you said, the deep ball is still there. Um, you know, like I said, when you have never worked with receivers and you're able to uh, to drop dimes on fade routes uh, against press coverage, which is really tough, the, the DBs were all over these guys, but he was dropping it right in the basket uh, and being successful. And like I said, I wasn't a Baker Mayfield fan uh, back in college because he went to Tuscaloosa and knocked us off. Uh, but, you know, he seemed like he just played that way. He played free. Um, it wasn't like a lot of thinking out there. Um, you know, they even ran the no huddle. Uh, hurry up offense at, at one series, which is a, another thing you just cannot imagine as a professional player going into that kind of environment, man. It, it's unbelievable. Hats off to, to Baker Mayfield, man. <laughs> Mark McMillan is up on Cofield and Company here on a Fridays. We're live at Treasure Island. So, you know, we've talked about your career and, and, and comparing, you know, situations. Like you played on a lot of good Eagles teams that were competitive and making runs at the playoffs. You played on a couple of bad teams where, hey, at this point in the season, the season was over. This is a Raiders team with a lot of stars, a lot of high-dollar guys. How do they get off the deck after this? Because now, you know, we talk about dream crushers. If they were able to roll the rest of the way and win four or five, I guess they could still win these last four, but they really needed to win five in a row. They were handed a team with a brand-new quarterback that was beat to hell. Like, mentally, how do you get over losing that game, but also blowing it the way they did. Like, how do you get ready for the final four weeks, final four games of the season? Uh, it's tough. Like I said, I've played on some teams that, you know, uh, you know, some guys checked it in. Guys were, uh, you know, booking their trips to Cancun and Hawaii early. Uh, you know, mentally, um, I just wish the fans just really know what really goes into a game preparation all week. It's mentally draining. And, you know, it, it's your job. And when you go, you win three games in a row, you're feeling good about yourself. And like you said, you go against Baker Mayfield, uh, who just got off the plane. Uh, and, and then you go out and lose a game like that when you have an opportunity still to make the playoffs. You know, I know it sounds crazy, but if they would have won out, you know, you got New England, you know, you can beat them. You know, you're, you're pretty good in your division. Uh, but for a player, man, it is it, it sucks, Steve. You know, I remember crying after a couple of games. Because you put so much into it every week, and then you you come out with a with a loss like that, especially the defensive side of the ball. You see those guys just really getting after it. Uh, Chandler Jones has been playing great, you know, the last couple of weeks. Uh, Max Crosby is always going to give you his all, um, but like you said, man, from a mental standpoint, it sucks. Mark McMillan, Mighty Mac, part of the sports team. At 8 News Now, uh, you're rolling out another pregame show this weekend, uh, or uh, what do you guys do with the Raiders not playing on Sunday? You just do an NFL show? Yeah, we're just going to do a little show. We, we'll film that, uh, you know, today, um, you know, and then we'll just roll that out on Sunday. So it's going to be pretty interesting 
to see how this plays out, you know, on Channel 8 with my news family. You know, we were like, hey, man, you know, since I've been on the show, you know, they were they were like three and one. <laughs> and, you know, now, now they're three and two. So, you know, we're, we'll have good fun with it, man. We've been getting great feedback, a lot of listeners. Uh, so I definitely appreciate everybody tuning in to the Raiders pregame show. This is our first chance to talk to Mark since Barry Odom got hired at UNLV. I think we all agreed. We thought, hey, Arroyo was doing a decent job, deserved a fourth year. Well, Eric Harper didn't hire him. Eric Harper had someone else in mind or a different type of coach in mind. So they roll out Barry Odom. I thought he did really well at the press conference, stood up there for about nine minutes with the opening statement, mentioned all his initiatives, his goals, what he learned from the jobs at uh, Mizzou and Memphis and Arkansas in the past. So they got an SEC guy. He coached at Missouri, went 25 and 25. So what do you think? What do you think about the hire? Um, you just never know. It's almost like getting a new recruit in every week. You just kind of roll the dice. Hopefully he'll come in and, and do what he's got to do. But, you know, he's coached at a high level. Um, you know, he's coached at uh, Missouri. He's coached at, uh, you know, Arkansas. Um, you know, you look at the feedback from all the Arkansas fans, they're really sad to see him go. So obviously he did a really good job there uh, with bonding with the players and the fans. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people say, hey, they got the wrong O. You know, everybody was looking for a coach or, or a job, but He's making too much money just doing what he's doing now. So he's fine. But, um, you know, it, it's a it's a good hire, I would say. You know, the AD went with uh, his guy. And we just got to just roll with it and uh, support these kids as much as we can. Uh, like I said, I have a really good relationship with a lot of players. So hopefully these guys uh, stay around and, and try to help this program continue to trend in the right direction. Um, I know people said, well, you know, Aurora lost the last couple of games. But. Um, you know, the the kids were buying in and, you know, the kids were playing hard for, for four quarters. So um, I wish the new coach, you know, good luck. Um, he's going to have to hire a staff that's going to recruit like we talked about well in Texas. Uh, definitely going to have to recruit here in Vegas that he can get some guys maybe from some of these some of these top schools. Uh, but California is going to be huge as well. Um, so, you know, he's got to be able to con uh, compete and maybe get some of these Polynesian connections. you got to have that, too. Let's address, and Mark McMillan's with us as we're talking about the uh, UNLV football hire of Barry Odom. Let's address the other thing, and that is you started to hint at it, the transfer portal. So, yeah. first, I know you committed to Alabama, and then they changed the coach. Yeah. What is it like emotionally as a kid? And you were a little bit older because you were coming uh, out of JUCO, but what do you start thinking when a, a different coach is going to be the guy when you're recruited by someone else, I mean, I would assume you're looking at your own school and you're like, wait, now I have to reestablish myself. Maybe I do need to look elsewhere. Yeah, I, I would like to say coming out of uh, Glendale Junior College in, in California, I signed with Alabama. Uh, you know, I was 19 years old, you know, back at the time. And, uh, you know, by the time I got from LAX to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you know, Coach Curry, uh, you know, was the guy that recruited me uh, back then. And, you know, when I got to Brian Hall dorm, I saw guys like pissed off and, you know, just really mad. They just won the SEC. They won the division. And I'm like, man, I'm coming to a great place. They just played in the Sugar Bowl for the national title. And they say, do you don't have, you don't have, uh, you don't know what happened? I was like, no. Say, coach got fired. I'm like, what do you mean he got fired? I just talked to him like 24 hours ago. And it's like, well, you know, they made a decision, but he never beat Auburn. And that was one of the big key things. And, uh, I remember, man, like I said, I was crying like a baby, Steve. You know, I had to call Collect. Uh, you know, we didn't have no cell phones back then, so I'm calling my mom Collect. And I was like, Mom, I'm ready to come home. And my mom was old school. She's like, you ain't coming back here. She said, if you come back here, you ain't coming up in this house. So I had to toughen it up, man. And, uh, you know, when they brought in Coach Stallings, was an old school Bear Bryant, Junction Boy guy. Uh, and, you know, he put me over there with the walk-ons. 
you know, I, I wasn't one of his guys. And, you know, I'm just over there just with different color pants. I'm over there with Dabo Sweeney and these walk-ons. I'm sharing a locker with three guys. <laughs> There's like three different jock straps hanging up in this one locker. No and I'm like, and my guys are like, dude, you need to go talk to the coach and let them know you're on scholarship. So I go over and talk to Coach Stallings, man. It was like walking the mile up to his to his office, like, hey, coach, I'm Mark McMillan. I'm a JUCO transfer. And the first words came out of his mouth is, I didn't recruit you. And oh. I was like, I was like, yeah, but I'm on scholarship. So he goes in and says, Oh, you are on scholarship. Here's your paperwork. He said, Well, you can come over there with the uh, with the with the with the big guys tomorrow and prove your worth. And if you're worthy, then we'll honor your scholarship. Whoa. So, yeah, it was yeah, I had to prove myself. I was a JUCO All-American along with Daryl Carter, who went to Tennessee. And I had to, you know, I was like number four on the depth chart. So for these guys, uh, you know, that's going into this portal, um, you know, just it's a different mentality. I just wanted to fight. I wanted to compete. Um, I wanted to be part of something special. Um, so I hope some of these kids are not getting the wrong advice uh, from some of these coaches calling them saying, hey, you know, we liked you, but you didn't like him a year ago. So all of a sudden you he's a hot ticket and, you know, you're not promised your spot. But if you're a competitor, you're going to strap it up and you're going to go out there and compete. And like I said, I rode the bench for four weeks. Um, you know, I didn't get any action, just special teams and just kept rising up to the occasion and end up starting my fifth week. And, you know, we had one of the best secondaries in the nation. We were number one across the board and end up, you know, playing, starting my senior year. So it worked out good for me. Um, some guys, it may not work out like that, but my mentality was never to be like, go to another school, transfer. You know, once my mom got in my ear, it was like, man, you better stick it out and, and, and something special will happen. And hopefully some of these guys here in UNLV, um, you know, uh, we'll just stick it out, um, you know, and, and just keep fighting. And, and good things will happen. You know, if you can play, the NFL is going to find you. Yeah, Transfer Portal, the last three years, it's been growing and growing and growing. And I'm sure this year we'll set a record. I think last year, like 7,000 players oh went into God. it. You know, over the three <laughs> years, Mark, 54% of the players actually didn't land at another spot with a Division One scholarship, which is that's. That's crushing, man. You know, if you're a parent, you're like, what did you just do? You had a free yeah. education. Yeah. Um, now, the guys who went in so far, they're all top-level players for UNLV. So I think they're going to be recruited. They will have options to land somewhere else. It's Kyle Williams, their best receiver. Noel Williams, their best cornerback. They're starting running back, Aiden Robbins. Mm -hmm. They're starting center of three years. Lee Fountaineau is in as well. Um, there's a freshman uh, lineman who's in, although Doug Brumfield told me the other day that Noah McKinney, he thinks he's going to come back. Um, they're all... They're, they're all going to get offers, which, you know, I will say that does speak to Arroyo's recruiting, right? Yeah. That he, he yeah. got some good players. So anyone out there who thinks, hey, he didn't get some good players, these are some of his his best players. But what would you tell the kids about the perils of having a job? Now, they got to prove themselves to Odom, too, but the yeah. perils of being comfortable, having a job, kind of having a lead for the job versus going somewhere else where, hey, you know, if you look on the UNLV roster, there were some pretty high-level power five kids who came in yeah. who eventually kind of settled into the two and the three line. You're not guaranteed just because a coach says, Hey, come in, you can start for us. You're not guaranteed to start somewhere else. No, you're not. And uh, you know, hopefully these kids could get some good advice. Um, you know, like I said, it's feel good to get recruited. You're going on different visits. They're giving you steak dinners. You're getting all the, the snacks and the goodies and they're patting you on your back. Uh, like you said, some of these, a lot of these guys are coming from single parent homes and this is their, means to have a free education. Um, so just kind of block out all the bells and whistles, um, you know, of everybody telling you how great you are, 
um, you know, just just stay humble um, and remain true to who you are. Uh, you know, because I know these kids are going to start tweeting out, hey, I got an offer from here. Hey, I got an offer from there. But if you are already established at a university and you're playing at a high level, why would you leave a situation? I just don't get that. I'm, if I'm balling, Steve, and I'm a starting cornerback and I'm I'm doing really good, why am I going to go roll the dice just to play in front of what? Maybe 30 or 40 more fans who really don't care about me? You know, so, um, you know, when you build something as a team with your brothers, man, you just stick it out. And, you know, that just uh, it'll help you in the long run. Trust me with your character and your mentality to work and earn what you get. Mark, you got some big announcements coming up. I know you already did a, a couple of them with the uh, the branded olive oil. And then you have a, a new gr- do you have a new grill deal. I got a new grill, man. It's called Gorilla Grills. It's uh, it has a big old gorilla on it. So I'm, I'm excited to partner up with them. Uh, we'll be doing a Gorilla McMillan uh, segment uh, with my Channel 8 News crew uh, during the season sometime, probably like the Chief game or something like that. We'll throw some tri-tip on the grill. Uh, I just launched my infused olive oils that'll be uh, in barbecue concepts uh, this next week. Uh, so I'm as excited, man. A lot of stuff is going on. And uh, you got to get some of them infused olive oils, baby. Gorilla McMillan. I know. <laughs> I got to get on it. I got to get on it. All right, Mark. Well, have a good weekend. We'll be watching on Sunday morning and have fun watching Sunday football and uh, hopefully your Eagles get the job done against the we Whoa, all dislike go birds. The, we all we all dislike the Giants. So go out go there birds. and beat the Giants. Go birds. <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. You're listening to Cofield and Company. On ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Hill, a busy man. Why can't you cover everything, Adam Hill? Uh, tomorrow, are you going to miss the Runner Rebel game at the MGM at 1.30? No. Okay, there you go. Uh, tonight, you're going to be at the Fortress. VGK Hockey against the Flyers. You can hear that game over on Fox 1340 and 98.9 FM. Or follow along at Fox Sports Las Vegas up on Twitter. Um I think you may be at the UNLV game tomorrow. Well, I know you're going to be at UFC tomorrow at the Fortress. The short walk. And uh, I'll be watching. I, I'm organizing a group of friends to meet uh, to watch some uh, sports in the morning. And then we'll be in walking distance of MGM, walk over there, and then uh, watch Rebels, and then watch walk over to UFC. Boy, it's a full day for sports fans. It is. Uh, because we do have a view party, a viewing party for france and england over at the district at parkway tavern chapman chris chapman from over on fox sports las vegas magnum better known as magnum he'll be over there hosting the uh, the viewing party with uh, good beer specials prizes so make sure you check that out uh rebel game goes down at 1 30 pre-game is one o'clock running rebel warm-up right here on espn las vegas uh, curtis terry i think came up with a really good term for the time when the rodeo's in town and the Rebels have to leave the Thomas and Mac, when they play at all these arenas around town, the Rebels, he's calling this the rodeo staycation. Oh, nice. Kind of cool. I like it. Original stuff. Yeah. Very every, cool. every once in a while, we got some good stuff coming out of that broadcast, led by John Sandler. He's sure. got lots of good stuff. Uh, the rodeo Get staycation. Nothing out of the sideline reports. But. Uh, very rarely, right? Um, so they just played at the DLC in Henderson. They're going to have a second game at the MGM. In the past, they played at Mandalay Bay. They played at the Orleans. I'm trying to think of a missing a venue. 
in town? Yeah, I don't think they've played anywhere else. Who knows? Maybe they'll set up T-Mobile. a basketball. Well, you're right. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll set up a basketball court down the road at the uh, new sphere, like in three years. Maybe they could play there. That'll be good. Right? Jackie Robinson Arena could go up soon. The, the NBA, NBA Arena? The NBA Arena on the south end of the strip. They could do like a whole month of December, just a tour of Las Vegas. I like it. At they, some point. And never double I'm up. I'm trying to think. I don't think they played at the South Point Arena. No, that, saw, one, that one's a like, little bit small. I saw Gorman Finley there. Yeah. Because they can do it. Hmm. There's a park down by my house. Play there. What do you think is the best venue they play at outside of Thomas and Mac? So, or do you want to include the Thomas and Mac into the other venues and ask the question, what is the best venue <laughs> in town for UNLV? I, I, there's something, uh, you know, special Thomas and Mac Center for sure. Uh, I know a lot of old-time Vegas people would say the convention center is the best place right. for UNLV basketball. Current arenas. Uh, I There is something really, really perfect about the uh, about the MGM for basketball. And, and I'm not saying specifically UNLV, but it's going to be great there. But that is a really, really good basketball arena in terms of sight lines and uh, the, the way that uh, you know people come in there and uh, the seating arrangements, everything there, it's really good for basketball. So I'm excited to have it there. I think my favorite is Mandalay Bay. It's, it's good. Good size. The 10, house. 10, 11,000 seats. It's the house. Okay. Yeah. For the aces. I haven't had a chance to shoot really at any of them. No, and, you know, a, and, you know, if you and I can shoot there, then anyone can shoot there. i got a bunch of shots up at the, uh, at the Mandalay. I mean, By the way, should we include uh, Cox Pavilion? and never get to play there, but... That is a nice, cozy gym. Good shooting background. Yeah, I've, sh- I've gotten shots up there. I've got, I think I've gotten shots up at all of them except for Dollar Loan Center. We'll have to change that soon. What do you think will happen tomorrow against uh, Washington State? And we're going to talk to the play-by-play guy for uh, Wazoo in a couple minutes to get their side of things. I mean, what do I think? I think UNLV will play really good defense in that game. Uh, that, is, that has been consistent. It's been impressive. Uh, they've been dominant on that end of the floor, and uh, we've seen them turn it into offense quite a bit as well. But, yeah, I think this is a team where you know what you're going to get from them in terms of constantly defending at a very, very high level. Uh, I still, and I've you know I've talked to some people around the program about this. I've talked to some people around college basketball about this, of can you defend at that level every night? And most people say no. Like, at some point, there's going to be a letdown. There's going to be a game where you just don't have that intensity. You don't show up like it's hard to mentally focus and lock in at that level every single night for a long season but so far they've been able to do it it's been impressive their defense the other night against hawaii was uh, very good and you know it's funny i was talking to we got to post this audio later on i'll post it at steve cofield up on twitter talking to jordan mccabe and no one's really talked about all right i hate saying i hate when people say it Something that I don't think we publicize enough here is they do have a new D.C. on the staff, essentially. He's not by name. But Barrett Perry from Texas Tech, Jordan McCabe was talking about the Texas Tech defense being brought over to the program, and it kind of clicked. He was talking about three levels of defense. And that was one thing that struck me in the Hawaii game. Like, it's one thing to play good defense in the half court right we've heard about the rebels goal being to push the ball almost out to midcourt 
so that the offense has to start way, way out. You got bigs, you're going to have to feed them for another five feet out, right? That's going to make it harder. But the three-level thing, we're talking defending from end to end. And I mentioned this with Curtis Terry yesterday. Against Hawaii, there were a couple times. If you look down at your phone, you're you know looking at your computer screen, there were more than a few times where you look down because, oh, UNLV missed a shot. Hawaii's coming up. I got like 10 seconds. Like, and players on the floor are like, all right, okay, good. Let me exhale. We got to stop. You know, let me dribble up the court here. But, like, getting it just to midcourt has become a giant pain in the ass for the opposition. Yeah, and, and when you do that to teams, it greatly impacts everything they want to do. It, You know, when, when it, you have to work that hard just to get your offensive set, first of all, you have less time to run your offense, so less of a chance of working your way to a good shot. Uh, and, and as you point out there, you're also exhausted. It's like you, you should not be fighting that hard just to get the ball across the floor. And when you can do it and when you have the – the players that can do it and the depth that can do it because it, it's not you're not going to be able to do that with five guys. You're going to need guys to come in throughout the game because you can't exert that much energy physically. It's impossible. So you're going to have to have depth. You're going to have to have the the intensity and all those other things. But when you can do that to a team, it just it just defeats them mentally. It's very difficult. Tomorrow, back here, ESPN Las Vegas is at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Willie Ramirez and Gooch. They've got Cobra Kai actor, comedian Brent Ernst on the show. He's, uh, what, Cousin Louie? UNLV football coach Barry Odom is going to be on with Willie and Gooch, and so is uh, NFL expert from PFT, Shereen Williams. That's a good show. That's a real good show. It starts at 9 o'clock. They've got breakfast here, ready to go. Um, four items. I think they've added to it beyond that, but four great items to have for breakfast, and you can watch all the sports, college basketball. College football will be back next week, although you have Army-Navy early tomorrow so get on down here treasure island morning show nine o'clock right here on espn las vegas with throw the flag willie and gooch cofield and company is broadcasting live at twin peaks and henderson for monday night football join us every monday from 2 to 5 p.m now the ball lost by coleman as he slipped luis rodriguez picks it up and slams it home at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Yeah, so Run Rebels off to an unbeaten start. First time uh, at 9-0 since 2010 and 11. I think it was uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago, when they were at seven wins that I said, um, I think a, a solid over-under for wins is 19 and a half, and people were, like, flipping out. One, they're like, they're not going to make the tournament that way. Well, I'm just telling you, we have to see more of this Rebel team before I would legitimately expect them to win 23 or 24 games. Where are you? They're off to a 9-0 start. They've got some winnable games here. They could very easily lose to Wazoo tomorrow. I think San Francisco is their best test the rest of the way. San Fran's a really good program, and uh, they have some good returnees. Where are you? What do you I mean? What do you think the expectation should be for, especially wins in an 18-game season in the Mountain West? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the outlook for UNLV has changed, but I think the outlook, outlook for the entire league has changed. You know, you come into the league thinking, hey, San Diego State is far and away the best team, and they're going to blow everybody away. They're really good, and so is Utah State, and so is UNLV, and so is New Mexico. <laughs> like, there's a lot of really good teams in this league all of a sudden, and I think a lot of people thought the league would be improved, but I think it's taken a much bigger jump than most expected. So while I think UNLV is a better team, I think far better than most people thought, the competition is that much better, and it's, yep. it's going to be tough. And I'm telling you, 
And it's like Groundhog Day every year with UNLV fans. I, I love you, right? Your enthusiasm is awesome, but you have a continued disrespect for the conference and what it's like to play in some of these places. It is unlike almost any other conference in the country because of the altitude games. It just is. And they're, they're sneaky places to play. Even Air Force, they're not good. But that arena blows to play in. It's an echo chamber. Their system is a pain to play against. Boise's a tough place. Utah State is a really tough place, and they're good. And Boise's good. New Mexico's at 5,225 know, feet. What's the other one I'm missing? Colorado State is at elevation, and they're good. It's a pretty deep conference now. And if Nevada was supposed to be, like, the ninth team in the conference, Nevada's going to be pretty solid. So yeah. it's it's a – I. Listen, if they go 12-6 and six in conference, is that good enough to make the NCAA tournament with, like, two losses in the non-con or one loss in the non-con? I don't know if that has them any higher than, like, 60-70 to 70 in the net. So they have to do a lot of winning, and they're going to have to win some impressive road games. And they've got, got to hold a lot of serve at home. But I'm juiced about it. I mean, I think this team, they freak, you can tell, they like each other, which is very important. There's no, you know, there's no drama. I... Yesterday we talked a little well, bit about Donovan we also, Williams. We also, I'll, st- I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll fly back on that and yeah. say, you don't know that. You're, you're right. You, uh, until adver- you lose. Adversity tests you. <laughs> yes, yeah, adver- you lose, adversity you will test you. It's very easy to get along with everybody when you're undefeated. Yeah. I thought there were some outliers last year that took a little more massaging and managing. And I don't know that they have that this year. But you're right. It could come up when they lose. They yeah. lose a couple. They go on a losing streak in the conference. All of a sudden it really tests you mentally. Yeah, I think that's absolutely – and I'm not suggesting there's any issue anywhere with anyone. I just – you don't know until – I mean, you could take a bunch of people that just hate each other. If you're 12-0, and 0, you're like, hey, all right, let's go. You find out when you when you start losing. It's a good group, though. Yeah, I agree. It's a good group. And and they're playing good defense, and they're emerging as a you know solid scoring team. Let's get the uh, Wazoo side is – Wanted to check in with one of the folks who uh, really has expertise on this uh, Washington State team. Uh, Matt Kazanow is the play-by-play guy. He joins Cofield and Adam Hill. Matt, how are you? In Vegas now? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. I am in Vegas. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to tomorrow's game. All right. Well, give me expectations for the uh, the Washington State team now 4-4 four and four and kind of how the, the team looks at a UNLV. Well, I think they have a great regard for UNLV. I mean, any team that's this deep into the year and hasn't lost yet is is really good. Uh, toward the na- nation's leaders in steals and fast break points, and, um, and so you know, there's a lot of perimeter pressure, and it's been really effective. Uh, the Cougs have been decimated by injury, and they've had they've had at times four starters basically out and five prominent players hurt. There's, there's just no team in the, in the country that can really recover from that. And, and so the Cougs have, have figured out ways to, to get to four wins with some really good defense against some opponents that kind of got overwhelmed down low, and, and the Cougs played well. Northern Kentucky is actually a pretty good squad. They might win the Horizon League. They've danced. They danced in 17. They danced in 19, uh, and they could win that league again. So um, Texas State, too. Look, th- th- those two teams are from smaller leagues, but they might win those leagues, and, and you know those are good squads. So those are actually pretty good wins. And, and if you look at the Cougar net ranking and the, and the Ken Palm ranking, it's, it's higher than you'd think for a 500 ball club because the strength of schedule has been good. You know, you go to 
play Boise and Boise, and you got three premier neutral site games. You're doing Boise State, you're doing UNLV, and you're doing Baylor, and um, so it's, it's a rugged schedule. Who is the best team in your mind that they've played so far? You know, I personally, because of football, I missed the Boise State game. Um, so I, I hesitate a little bit. I, I like Boise. You guys will see them uh, for sure, you know, this year. Um, I, I think I think the stiffest competition uh, other than that game, right? So if we were to shelve that one, um, they, they, they played their worst against uh, Prairie View. I mean, that, that's the game where they'd really love to – make believe that one didn't happen you know they're all banged up they're on the road in waller texas and they started out on their heels they were down 20 fast i mean that that's the game that they they hope is an abomination right i mean um i think the best team they've played is the ducks in eugene and uh and i i think they're the most talented at least the, the squad that executed best was utah uh that was in beasley and that's when they went back the, they lost that in ot and they, they'd love to play that game again yeah we have an immense Respect for Craig Smith because he coached in the Mountain West Conference. Really smart guy and a sneaky good recruiter, and he brought a couple guys over from the Utah State program, so they're uh, they're riding high right now. So let's talk about the roster a little bit. Um, it's a good-sized roster, and especially on the wings, but the uh, the big man for the Cougs is super talented, and I know tomorrow night there's going to be some NBA scouts in the building, so tell us about him. Yeah, Muhammad Gay is uh, 100% a pro prospect. I mean, there's no doubt the scouts are going to be there and watching him throughout the year. He's, he's figured out ways to score, actually, without playing his best ball yet. He, he really can shoot it a little bit, and he hasn't been able to hit some shots. He's been getting most of his buckets around the rim, but super gifted kid, kind of a prototype now for the NBA, really long uh really a stretch four. He's been playing at the five. He'd like to be a stretch four. You know, he, he can shoot the three a little bit. It hasn't gone down for him. So I don't think he has a red light. I just think he's been able to score inside. Um, but if it's wide open, he'll take it. And um, he can handle the ball a little bit. He's actually defended some guards at times because he's so athletic and long. And um, he's, a, he's really a special talent. 6'11", sort of a skinny, long, um, you know, in the same body type of, not the same kind of player, but he's kind of the same body type of, like, the Kevin Durant style, you know, really, really long, super, super stretchy four-man, potentially. Who, who else should uh, UNLV fans be watching tomorrow, and then uh, who could provide, who could present some problems for UNLV? So Justin Powell, the point guard, leads America in assist-to-turnover ratio. He's number one right now. He's been really productive. And when he has been able to find a little bit of room, he's provided for other guys in a big way. So it's five-to-one assist-to-turnover, which is premier. You know, that's, that's elite. Um, T.J. Bamba is the, is the off-guard, and he's been the leading scorer this year, and, and he can really shoot it at a high-efficient clip. He's been a lockdown defender. He's an all-pack level player. And, and really, uh, you know, they've been in the game against Utah. Uh, it got away from them against Oregon. They, they had some bodies missing against the Ducks that they really would love back in a road game in a, in a hard place. But so four and four team that, you know, that, that really – would love to be five and three with that win over the Utes, a pretty good Ute squad, because you've got Bamba, you've got Gay, you've got Powell, and, and even with injuries, uh, you still can compete in games. So um, you know, they're missing Jabe Mullins, who hit 14 threes in two games and is one of the nation's best shooters. 
they, they'd love to get him back. I don't know if he's going to go. They're missing Yakimovsky, who could be a starting power forward, um, big recruit. So he's got turf toe, and it's been brutal to get back from it. So, I, but Powell, Bamba, and Gay are, are three of the main guys. DJ Rodman, who's, who's uh, you know Dennis's son, is a. Uh, as you might expect, he's he's a really good rebounder, uh, different kind of player. He can shoot it, uh, shoot the three a little bit. Um, so it's it, look, it's a good, it's a really good Cougar squad. You know, it started the year with finding out that they're going to not have their center all year because of because of uh, illness and injury, and and then same deal with their uh, kind of backup point guard, maybe shooting guard, kid named Miles Rice, who has lymphoma and and so it's you know scary it's more important than basketball um but between the lines you know you, you don't have those guys so that hurts but you you let me down there I've, i was gonna ask about rodman and obviously uh the rebounding runs in the blood uh any any antics you could expect on the floor from him? i think he's a little bit more normal maybe no 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 yeah he's <laughs> no he's a he's a really sweet kid he's a he's a he's a really well-spoken he's a nice kid he's bright he's He's um, a little bit different than than you know than the way Dennis was on the court, and you know actually from from what I've understood, he's probably somewhat more like what Dennis was when he was just in college, right? Which was yeah. Yeah. just sort of a green, um, you know, a little bit naive kid, and uh, but but very different situation, and, uh, and and a very different kind of player. You know, he, he's not as tall, he, he's not as explosive. Uh, but he's been playing big minutes, like 35-plus minutes a game. He's, he's leads the team in charges drawn. He gets a lot of rebounds. He's a really effective player. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on where uh, Kyle Smith is in terms of building what he wants to build. I, I'm a big fan. I'm an Ivy League guy uh, following the, the uh, programs there. So I go back with him a long way and following his career. And, and I, I believe in him. I know 22 wins last year in the right direction. You talked about some of the injuries, but where is he in terms of getting this program to where he wants to get it? Uh, it's light years from where it was when he took it over, and, and they're finishing and competing in the middle of the league, and he'd like to get into the top five so you could dance, maybe four, depending on the year, right? And um, in a really down year for the pack, it could be three, but you, you, it's a league that historically is getting between three and and six bids, and and so you know they're trying to dance. He's trying to dance, and and really, they thought that this year could be that year. There never is a guarantee for that, but they're trying to steal a spot from somebody else, from somebody else who's historically had a spot. They're trying to take it, right? Whether you add one on from the pack, you take one from the pack, or the West Coast Conference, or the Mountain West, and 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 it really is is just a shame that they're so banged up. They set this schedule up specifically to try to build a resume. If you're gonna Come play UNLV for the first time ever. You're going to go to Boise to play the Broncos, which is a, a fun series that's pretty local to Spokane and Pullman. And um, and, and then you're going to go play Baylor. is is kind of a marquee non-conference game, and so you're playing a big-time program. And um, and then, of course, that's that's all prior to league play. It should be sufficient. You know, you've got the Diamond Head Classic coming up. You should be sufficient with all of that. You've got opportunities. And, and they still do, right? But their backs are against it. You know, the... So, so in terms of where the program is being built, right? There's no uh, antsiness or or anything from Kook fans or, or you know administration or anything like that. I mean, they, they feel really, really happy about the trajectory and the status of the program. It's I think everybody's a little bit bummed out for Kyle and these kids that this is a, a ball club that had a lot of preseason expectations. Rightfully so. It's a very highly recruited team, probably the highest recruited team in 40 years. 
in terms of the quality of the players, you got to go back to George Raveling and, and when they were, had the pack player of the year and Don Collins, when they had my broadcast partner, Craig Elo, like that's, that's the level of, of player that these guys are. Muhammad Gay is a really, really good player. Uh, but they, they've yet to have a real roster. They've just been, been torched by injury, and it's a shame. Better road trip, Vegas or two weeks in Hawaii? <laughs> uh, well, it probably depends who you ask. I know you're asking me, but uh, shoot, I don't know. probably depends on the mood. It's a bit of a coin flip. Vegas can be really fun. This one's a quickie, and uh, it's nice to get out to Hawaii and spend some time and scoop up three games. Uh, I'm not sure I'm comfortable saying one is definitively better than the other. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's a, Vegas is that's better. That's a hard one. Uh, Matt, we'll see you out at the arena tomorrow. Thank you for your time. Good preview. Okay, guys, you bet. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. we got a show coming up at the House of Blues, 364-1100. It's on the 15th, 15th through the 17th. You've got Social Distortion in town, Social Distortion tickets right now. 364-1100, Tomorrow at 9 a.m., it's Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch, live from the Treasure Island, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. There's so much going on in the world of sports and crazy stuff and kind of sad stuff, too. I haven't had a chance to talk to you all week about the nuttiness between New Mexico State and New Mexico and a student on campus at New Mexico getting shot and killed in a shootout with a New Mexico State basketball player. It's a wild story. Uh, you know, I've been following it for a while. I mean, a little bit of a local connection on it. My dad lives in Las Cruces, and uh, he, he often talks about uh, New Mexico State athletics just because he's around it, and he actually is a he's a Uber driver there, so he drives around players a lot. So um, I don't know. I, in fact, I know that he hasn't driven around anybody associated with this, but um, he's very invested in it, so he's talked to me a lot about it, and I've been following this story very closely. New developments like every day, and it's it's a horrible, terrible tragedy, and it's, look, it's people's making some very bad decisions, yep. but one individual paid for it with his life, and several other are now going to pay for it with you know years and years of consequences, so it's it's terrible and awful. And hopefully people can learn a lesson from it. But now, potentially, you know, we don't know the details yet, but if there is some sort of cover-up from the program, yep. uh, that would make it even that much worse. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Brittany Griner is back after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days in Russian prison. A lot of people are happy. A lot aren't. Which is fascinating to watch all of this unfold. You saw that Micah Parsons decided, the uh, Cowboys linebacker, to tweet about it. Saw that, you know, I talk about all these creative people up on social media and TikTok. I found this one, at least our fast uh, sound crew did, of like fake Micah Parsons' agent finding out about Parsons getting on the U.S. for executing the trade with Griner via this. You tweeted what? Oh, no, Micah. It was never about the Marine, Micah. Okay, hold on. 
Yep, you're trending. You are trending. They're calling you Maga Parsons, Tackle Carsons, Pass Rush Limbaugh. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Uh, you reached out and spoke to a trusted source, maybe a family member, and you sincerely apologize about what you said. Okay, that's what we're telling everyone. All right? There you go. And he did release the, uh, the tweets and the statement. Sorry, I didn't do enough research on the topic. I mean, he's entitled to his opinion. Pass Rush Limbaugh is going to make me laugh. <laughs> I, I saw you laugh that's, on that. That's great. It's fantastic. Uh, sure. And by the way, not necessarily wrong. No. There's there's a there's plenty of important people who are being held in Russia. By the way, there's lots of people being held in the United States on bullcrap drug charges as well. Sure. So maybe this starts a, a whole run of uh, freeing people who should not be behind bars. I hope it does. I hope it does. All right, Adam. Well, enjoy your busy weekend. I'll try. Adam, follow him on Twitter, at Adam Hill LVRJ. Fine week of uh, producing the show, guest booking, and everything from Ari. Great job down here by James with the setup. Thanks to Treasure Island for hosting the show. And, again, we're back tomorrow as a station with Throw the Flag. Willie and Gooch, 9 a.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We'll see you.